What's up? This is Jeff Staple of The Business of Hype. And as everyone on planet Earth now knows, this is kind of a strange time that we're living in. With everyone hunkered down in their own homes, we were challenged with figuring out how to make a show, both logistically, because I typically interview all of my guests in person, but also like conceptually, like what do you guys want to actually listen to right now in the midst of what we're facing? What do y'all need right now? So we figured maybe let's call a bunch of the good people that have been on the show and just ask them how they're dealing and coping with Corona, both from a business standpoint, but also a personal one. I think hearing from people that inspire us will help us to figure out the footing in these uncertain times. I think we all go through this daily battle of figuring out big picture problems like family and unemployment and health while also tackling minutia, tiny details like when was the last time I washed my hands or do I have enough toilet paper and it's a time to replace my mask or can I get away with one more day? These are definitely very unprecedented times. And so this is just our small part in attempting to gather us together and share some stories. I hope you're able to get something out of these. I know for sure it's helped me out a lot just to have these conversations. Okay, let's get into it. All right. Um, so first of all, thank you for taking the time out um, in this pretty challenging uh, moment in history to do this. Um, if you could start by a brief introduction of uh, who we're talking today, what you do, and where are you right now? Yeah, no worries. Uh, first off, thanks uh, for reaching out. It's always uh, it's always cool to um, get to sit down and, and talk with you, even though we're not doing this one face-to-face. But uh, my name is JC Lopez. I'm uh, one of the owners of Urban Necessities, and I own a sneaker consignment shop. So we do a lot of reselling. Yep. And where are you right now? I'm in Vegas at the moment. Okay. So Vegas is still the home base Vegas, right now. Yeah, Vegas is still home. Yeah, because I, I always feel like I see you literally all over the world, like in, in different continents. And, you know, you're, you're a constant traveler. So, like, how does it feel to be grounded? Um, it's, it's definitely different. You know, over the last couple of years, as you've said, I've, I, I've been very fortunate to travel a lot, kind of following the guys from SneakerCon around and just uh, building brand awareness that way. And, and to now be home, I think I've been home like two months. This is yeah. the longest I've been home in years. And uh, yeah. it's, it's definitely different, but it's, it's also refreshing. What was the last con that you did? uh sneaker con Mont- it was montreal i believe was the last one okay Mo- montreal or vancouver it was earlier this year isn't it pretty wild like when you think about like the social human interaction at a convention versus what we're in now oh it's, yeah it just makes like, you think twice about like the number of hands you shake and the number of people you interact with right well the last couple ones i i started becoming that guy that had like the bottle of hand sanitizer Mm-hmm. Um, and just like literally just going to town with, with, uh, hand sanitizer, every other interaction, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, I had the conversation with my wife, like what is sneaker con and what are all these other conventions that these trade shows we go to gonna look like, how are they going to feel? Is yeah, it going to be weird not yeah. shaking someone's hand? What you is know? your so, prediction on what, what they're going to be like? Um, 
I think, you know, it's, I, I honestly don't know. I, I think there's going to be tons of people that are going to be excited about being able to do normal day-to-day stuff again. Mm-hmm. And then I think that there's going to be a lot of, a lot of people that are going to be still weirded out, still kind of scared to interact and, and partake, but it is something that is necessary. These trade shows have to, we, we have to find a way to continue to do these because they're very important to the culture. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe and, people just take more precautions, you know, yeah. like actually the last trade show that I did was, uh, in Medellin, Colombia a show called uh, Sneaker Society. And it was uh-huh. literally the, the week before we locked down. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, right before the coronavirus hit, were you in the process of um, working on any projects or like sort of just about to like launch something? Did anything get really disrupted because of this virus hit? Uh, yeah, uh, a couple of things got disrupted. One of the things that we've been working on here in Vegas is... Uh, We've been in negotiations with Fashion Show about expanding and taking on a bigger lo- bigger location. What? Adding, Your location's yeah. already huge in that mall. <laughs> yeah, we were uh, we were going to triple the size uh, in this new location, and it's a little bit better real estate. And you know, from the beginning, I've always wanted to kind of, I've always like I've said, retail's broken, and and it has to be an experience. And from day one, we've always wondered what if or how how does it play out or what does it look like if you're selling sneakers selling clothes tattoo artists and barbers were involved and also doing some sort of esports in mm-hmm. in the store and mm-hmm. um you know we we agreed on location we're right now we're just figuring out the ti's and like length of contract but at the same time this closure makes you wonder is it worth doing that right now? Did you sign the new expanded space yet? Or you hadn't, you haven't we committed haven't. to it? We're still in that back and forth stage of it. So that was one thing that we were working on. And then the other thing that kind of got put on a halt, which I think my, the initial plan was to drop end of October was a collaboration we have with Nautica. Mm, so uh, yeah, right before the close, I got to go into their headquarters and like, take a look at their archives and was given the opportunity to kind of take about 20 pieces and give concepts to what I think those archived pieces should look like in this day and age. And is that on pause right now? Um, I'm supposed to get the mock-ups and stuff. Like I've gotten the, like the, the renderings, but not actual samples yet. Mm-hmm. Obviously that I got, they hit me up a couple of days ago and said that I would be getting them, but I just, you know, if you got to pause this long, which most countries are, you're looking at two to four months. I'm, on, I'm only, I'm assuming that it's probably going to get pushed back at least two to four months. Yeah. And then, so in total, how many retail doors do you have now? Is it just the Vegas one now? So Vegas, yeah. And then we, we before the this whole shutdown, um, we were planning on closing New York in, at the end of April, but that's been sped up a little bit due to the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Got it. How many, so now that Vegas is closed, I assume, right? How long has Vegas been closed for now? 21 days. Because the whole mall is closed because the whole city is closed. Am I right? Right. So there were stores that were closing before the lockdown. Um, we we tried to hold out as, as long as we could because we still were getting pretty good foot traffic. Uh-huh. But once, uh, you know, Sisolak, 
um, mentioned, you know, that we're on lockdown for 30 days. We were more than happy to abide. I can't even imagine the strip without any traffic on it. Like that's mind boggling. Um, so it's down a one lane and, um, like every hotel and casino has, um, either cement blocks and police cars or gates blocking, uh, patrons from being able to drive up to the casino or in the casino. Damn. Uh, the mall, every, every entrance is locked down and there's one entrance where they allow uh, people to come in, but you have to check in and there's only certain hours. You, it's, it's definitely different seeing, you know, the strip is always lit up, neon lights everywhere. Everything is off. It's different. It's like a movie, right? Yeah. So there's still businesses in the mall that are, that are deemed essential that people can still go into. Um, well, most of the restaurants in there fast and the food court is doing like, um, curbside. Okay. Right. I, I pulled all inventory out of the store mm -hmm. um, and put it in a storage unit because I didn't really know what protection the mall was going to have. And I just we have to do what's right for our consigners, for our staff, for ourselves. You know, right. just moved everything out. Um, wow. I've gotten in the mall a couple of times just for like maintenance stuff since then. Um, there's some stores that are fulfilling online orders in the store. A lot of stores, just like in New York, they just pretty much close the windows up. We're probably going to open online back up, but only with the inventory that's in New York. Mm -hmm. Right. Incredible. How many people were working in the Las Vegas location? I want to say we have about 25 employees at this store. How did you have to handle them in terms of the closing? I mean, it's tough. We No business is design, designed to... A month so, of no business, yeah. Well, I think it's going to be a lot longer than that. Um, I've tried to, you know, obviously you tell your staff what steps they should take as far as their bills, their their rent or mortgages or car notes, and how to take steps to, like, protect themselves there. Um, we've paid staff where we could, and then mm -hmm. um, we've pretty much just furloughed everybody. Um, yeah. We're not going to lay it. We don't intend to lay anyone off. Mm -hmm. That's good. I mean, in this economy, do you feel like, I think a lot of people in our space have been talking about this and I'm sure you've seen sort of heads tweeting and Instagramming about like, why am I sitting on all these shoes? What does it all mean now? They're sort of getting very existential about things. Right. Do you think there's some truth in this? Do you think there'll be a shift in, in thinking of consumerism afterwards, uh, after we get out of this? Or do you think we're just going to sort of snap back to like old way of thinking and, and the, the I think we'll snap back, but I don't think it's going to snap back as fast as some people assume. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, market's definitely going to dip. But resale value is definitely going to dip pretty much everything across the board. Have you seen but, that already? Uh, yeah. I mean, even myself, right? I, I've always been a hoarder, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I was sitting on a few hundred pairs that I was just waiting on them to kind of mature and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm sitting here bored out of my mind, like everyone else. And I'm just like, you know what, let me just start selling this stuff. And I've even had to some of this stuff I'm selling for either what I paid or a little bit under it just to get liquid. And yeah. again, it's because I want to make sure that my business makes it through this because I, I think that regardless of when the lights get cut back on for everyone, we're still looking at probably four to six months before it's truly back to normal. Right. So it's, it's an end of year 
early 2021 thing you're thinking yeah right how about you personally um like are you managing to stay level-headed and sane through all this or you know i've have have you been like close to losing it at sometimes i mean i've seen people just like you know on the brink right now in terms of handling all the stresses that come because there's all this like anxiety that's that's you know combined with this problem well you know i've i've it's hard for me to sit still um Mm -hmm. i think that's why i've traveled as much as i have but fortunately um with the help of you know my shop manager here in Vegas, my wife, Joni, and, and my IT manager here, uh, we were able to launch um, uh, like a little side project that we called Shop 2J's Closet. Mm-hmm. And basically what I've been doing is all the stuff that I'm like, man, when I get a little bit of time, I'm going to do this or I'm going to get rid of this or that. And I've just been purging my personal closet, getting rid of stuff that, you know, I I don't look at the same or just yeah. don't feel the need to have anymore. And these guys have really helped me kind of get this off the ground and it's been doing, we've had two launches and it's been doing great. It's actually uh, getting more transactions than uh, Urban Necessities was online. So that's one thing that that we've been doing. And uh, um, I've been playing video games a little bit more. um, (laughs) Right. Just trying to do anything to to distract yourself from the reality. Yeah, the reality of it is, is look, Joni and I, you know, from the beginning, we've always said, you know, we got to save for a rainy day and we got to prepare for things that we don't see coming. And, and luckily over the years, we've been able to do that. And I think we're, we're okay. And, and mm-hmm. we've just been trying to stay in touch with staff and making sure that they're good. And if they have any needs, we're handling that. So yeah. I'm, lu- I'm one of the lucky ones, you know, mm-hmm. that can still somewhat stay busy, but yeah. Vegas as a whole, and even New York, like I don't really know too many people that are employed right now. And I don't see even in Ve- especially Vegas, there's a lot of businesses that I don't think are going to be able to turn the lights back on once this comes back on. Like a lot of the like day clubs and like pools and all that. I just, I don't see it coming mm-hmm. back. Right. It makes total sense. Um, I know you like to interact with people a lot on social media and you're also kind of a man about town in terms of just like being a face of the brand. What have you seen through this whole ordeal about just the state of humanity and people? Like, are you seeing the positive sides of people? Are you seeing negative dark sides of people? What are you observing? I think I'm seeing more positive than than negative, but I think that's, you know, I'm, I'm attracted to that more than anything. So I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to say I ignore the negative, but I don't see that much negative out there. I mean, obviously you see some people taking advantage with the mask and reselling them for crazy prices and stuff like that. But um, yeah. I, I follow a lot of resellers. I follow a lot of content creators. And and to see these guys still like not focused on the excuses and just still finding ways to gain traction or engagement, it's it's pretty cool to see. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I've been caught up in. And, I just trying to learn from, from everybody else myself. It's funny. You mentioned the masks and the, uh, and like the hand sanitizers and stuff. If if anyone was ever confused as to why sneaker reselling is a phenomenon, you just have to look at what's happening with masks right now. And you'll understand they clear, like you could probably open a urban necessities mask division right now. Uh, No, (laughs) seriously. You know, I think almost every business with the following can, uh, the amount of DMs and emails that we've received about masks, like uh-huh. I am exploring it, but I'll be honest, I'm not in the mask business. So I don't know what original retail should should be, what it was, yeah. what right. wholesale should be. So in-house, we're trying to figure out, do we buy these and give them away or do we, 
run some sort of promo with a give back like so yeah there's definitely you know there's a fine line because you hear about the people who are being real like unscrupulous and like you know hoarding 5000 masks and selling them for like $100 each but i will say that even when i when i venture out and go to like my local CVS or something and i just do a regular purchase of like tissue paper toilet paper and like you know tin foil like right. i notice the bill is more than it used to be you yeah. know and it's like wait a second it just didn't used to cost $21 for right. this stuff you know so it's, it's oh, smart. I was uh, I was at a grocery store two weeks. So I've only been to the grocery store twice in two week in twenty one mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. And the first time we went, I posted on my Insta story. Smart water, like a twelve pack, was twenty two dollars. <laughs> so there was definitely gouging there. You know. Yeah. But, yeah. Exactly. I mean, I I get it. You know, but it's it's frustrating for us. For me, it's kind of like the same approach we took with the whole Kobe thing. Yeah. You know, when the when Kobe passed, there was people raising prices like crazy on on his product on stuff that no one seemed to care about and now all of a mm-hmm. sudden it's it's relevant and everyone's just taking advantage of this emotional attachment and and that's why we're kind of like really treading lightly with this whole mask thing you know i, I sell sneakers we, you could only really be good at one thing you know yeah exactly um how are you staying productive and inspired like through this entire thing like do you have any tips that you're going through when you find yourself kind of like sliding into like too much gaming or too much internet like is there a way you snap out of it and sort of get back on the on the horse um i think it's just for me it's we got a lot of people with their eyes on what we're doing right from our consigners to supporters to staff to our, our even friends and family and it's like over the years we've really become like that sense of motivation for so many like find the the drive to go out there and get it done. And, and it's like, if I stop working, whether it's on the shop 2J stuff or the urban stuff, it's like all this energy and effort that people have put into your brand. It just, it seems like it was a waste, right? right? So now more than ever, I have to show people that there's no, no excuses and that you still have to find creative ways to build something. This changes the entire way retail is done. I think going forward, like businesses are learning what they can and can't get away with from working from people's houses, from home, working from home, as opposed to having to go in. Meetings are getting done online as opposed to flying yeah. and, and doing them face to face like this. Even like when these stores cut back on, when these brick and mortars come back on, if we're not taking that Willy Wonka approach to really justify your visit, why go? Mm-hmm. You know, Especially so, now, it's like it's actually risking your life now too. Right. So, so for us, that's keeping me up at night. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I, I hope we continue to see innovation out of you. You're always a hustler, and uh, I appreciate the time that you've taken to, to share some ideas with us. No, I appreciate yours and giving me the opportunity, man. It's always great catching up with you. Yeah. Same here. All right. Take care, man. All right, brother. You too. Hey, thanks for tuning in and listening to this special stay-at-home series of The Business of Hype. As always, you can find out more about the show and listen to all the other episodes that we have on hypebeast.com slash radio. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It still helps us tremendously to leave a rating, leave a comment, and share the show with others. I greatly appreciate it. You can reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Jeff Staple. This special stay-at-home series of The Business of Hype was directed by me and produced alongside Christina Hong. 
Social distancing was practiced during the making of these episodes, and I urge everyone, stay at home, distance yourself from others, wash your hands, cough and sneeze in your elbow, and don't touch your face. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay inspired, and we will get through this. I'm Jeff Staple, and you've been listening to the Business of Hype on Hype Beast Radio.